This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Happy hump day, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am your girl, Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Rita and Glenn slash Glenn and Rita on Sundays on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland of Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Todd Munkin press conference happened uh, on Tuesday and, you know, uh, uh, very encouraging Cordell. I I felt like, you know, he said a lot of things and, and based on the reaction from fans on social media, I think that he he won one here. Uh, with the fan base and, and and maybe the media as well. Um, what did you think about overall what what his press conference went like? Yeah, I thought it was a you know a good first day. He he said all the right things. Um, it, it almost is like that first date, you know, when you go and meet with somebody and they're they're giving you the best version of themselves, right? They're saying all the right things. They're they're they're, they're showing you. Um, everything that you want to see out of what you've been looking for. And I think right now, out of everything Todd Munkin said in that presser, he he said pretty much everything that I think Ravens fans wanted to hear. He's a guy that emphasizes touchdowns, uh, number one, which we didn't get to see a lot of in Baltimore this year. Uh, But he's emphasizing touchdowns. He's emphasizing spacing. um, He's emphasizing uh, up-tempo. Um, he, he wants to force defenses to cover every blade of grass, which I think you look at this passing game the last few years is defenses haven't had to do that. Um, and I, 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 found, I found myself really liking and appreciating everything Todd Munkin said. And I, I thought it was a slam dunk of a hire, even before the press conference. I, I really thought that the, I think the Ravens got their guy uh, with Munkin, but I, I got to, I, I want to pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know, you know, because at the end of the day, Todd Munkin doesn't play the games. He's not the one stepping on the field. Um, I think he, I if, if he can actually get the offense to mirror what he said in the press conference, the Ravens will have a top 10 offense this, this upcoming season. I mean, if they could actually execute everything that he talked about in that presser, they'll be great. Um, but it's still a lot of personnel issues on the team, still question marks, obviously, at quarterback. Um, so a lot of those things have to be figured out. But just from what he can control, just from the Todd Monk and coaching standpoint, I liked it. I liked it. Um, I, I also think that in February, every move looks good. Um, but this one, this one I really do like. You look at Todd Monk and stops around throughout his career. Um, 
a lot of the things that he said in this press conference, there's evidence of him actually doing it at his past stops. That's the good part. Um, the fact that he can kind of adjust based off of the situations. He doesn't need to have a lot at his disposal to get the maximum uh outcome out of out of that product that the proof of that was in Georgia the last couple of years as they won back-to-back -back national championships with a walk-on quarterback and not much at the at the skill positions um so I I am intrigued a lot by Todd Munkin I want to see what this offense looks like as you know an up-tempo offense looks like with him I really am intrigued with him with the space and he took a lot of words out of my mouth that I think I've said on this podcast that I've said on my show, just in terms of when you look at offenses around the national football league, the really good offenses, at least the common factor is that everybody's a threat. Every, every option in the past game is a threat. People look at the chiefs and they're wondering how Patrick Mahomes can have an MVP season after losing his best receiver in Tyreek Hill and the answer is that they have put him in a position to succeed because they have, number one, they I think that they have, everybody thinks that the Chiefs have this extravagant type of passing offense to where it's so complicated. I think it's the complete opposite. I think their offense is extremely basic. I think that they simplify it for the quarterback and they base it off of reads and they base it off of matchups. That's another key word that Todd Munkin used in the press conference was matchups. It's all about the matchups. Um, and I don't think the Ravens did a good enough job last year of exploiting some of the matchups that, that they were getting. Proof is in the pudding, Rita. We can go back to that Steelers game where the Steelers are daring the Ravens to throw the ball. Yep. And they would not do it. They would not <laughs> do it. So that, in, I mean, the fact that they're putting nine in the box is, I mean, that should be a matchup night. In 2022, you're going up against a defense that's putting eight, nine in the box. That's yeah. unheard of. Yeah. And, and so I, I have I have enough uh, faith in Todd Munkin that he will be able to maximize what defenses give him. He'll be able to get more out of the guys on this roster the way it's currently constructed. Now, I'm not saying that the Ravens don't need to add more. They obviously do. But I think if you put Tom Munkin as the offensive coordinator for the 2022 Ravens, the outcome is a lot different than it was. Um, I, I just I just really believe that this is a player's coach. I believe that he's a guy that listens to his players, number one. And I think he wants to – he said it in the presser. He, he likes to do things that the players want to do. He talked about a lot of what he – what football was like coming up for him and how he would love to go back to that, but he knows what works for these guys. And, you know, he doesn't seem like a, a coach that has an ego to me. He seems like a guy that's that's there to get it done, to put points on the scoreboard. And um, I, I think he's going to do a, the best job that we've seen in a while in Baltimore in, in terms of putting his guys in, in positions to succeed. You talked about um, balance, and uh, in the press conference, uh, Todd Munkin brought up um, offensive philosophy, and he was asked about, you know, what his philosophy was in terms of balance, and this is what he had to say regarding that. You know, I think when they say adapt to the personnel you have, let's start off by this, everything works better with really good personnel, so let's start with that. 
And what you realize is that good football still is surrounded by don't turn it over, be explosive, score touchdowns in the red zone, be good on third downs, and athletic quarterbacks that make off-schedule plays. The rest of it just falls into that. That's the analytical part. So I think this is something that, you know, you you really wanted to hear because prior to coming into um, the Ravens or even Georgia for that matter, you know, Munkin had been on record saying he likes to pass the ball, but, but ultimately he just wants to win games. So he knows that passing the ball isn't going to always be what he does, right? And so, um, you know, he talked – the one thing I really liked about, about, about him is just that you can tell this is a guy that, like, really loves football, that's very – um, smart and like you said, he all he cares about is scoring and whatever it's going to take for him to do that. Whether it's passing the ball, whether it's running the ball, whether you know they got to spread the the field, whether they got to use the RPOs, he he doesn't care how they're going to do it, how it needs to be done. He's just going to do it, and that was refreshing to me because I do feel like too many times, Cordell, there's coaches that will absolutely try and um, be the smartest guy in the room, try to be the the, the overthinker, you know, and, instead of just doing what the defense is giving you, right? Instead of doing that, you continue to do the opposite. You mentioned the Steelers game about having nine in the box. I, I'm trying to understand why, you, and Mark Andrews had a nice amount of catches in that game, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm trying to understand why that wasn't the night to have other guys involved? Why why you weren't getting more passing concepts going on if they were trying to eliminate the run game? It makes no sense to me. They dared you to throw it, and then you didn't do that. And it sounds like Munkin is going to be a guy. Is If they try to dare you to throw it, he's going to throw it, you know? Um, and, and that's the part that I think really was refreshing. Um do I understand that the backup quarterback situation and Tyler Huntley gives you limited capabilities to do that, but it doesn't matter. You have to try. You still have to try. You have to put your team in the best position to, to score. And I just felt like in the past with Greg Roman, he wasn't doing that. So that's the part that I think is very refreshing is that he believes that there is, should be balance in terms and, and balance in terms of, what it is that the defense is going to give you that you need to do. Not necessarily, oh, well, you know, 50%, 50%, right? But in situations of if this is their strengths or this is their weakness, we're going to attack those things. But if they still try to give you a, a different look, then we're going to attack that too, right? So that was something that was that was refreshing to me. I mean, of course, these are words, but I do feel like if you look at his resume, he's had tendencies to back it up because when he was in Cleveland, they had a, a, a fourteen hundred yard rusher. So it's not like, you know, he was throwing the ball all over the place. He allowed his running back to do the things that he was going to do. And one of the things also that I, I really like that he said, I mean, obviously, he spoke about the culture of the Ravens and that. He felt from a structural standpoint and a, a, a football culture standpoint, the Ravens was the standard for him. But he kept saying good defense. And I think that that's important to, to, to acknowledge because it means that, first of all, we know Georgia is, is, has been stout on defense and has been for quite some time, right? But it means that he knows his role, too. You know what I mean? I know that he's the offensive coordinator. His job is to worry about the offense. But for him to know that he's coming into a situation where his defense is going to have his back means that he understands 
that look, I, I got to make sure that my defense is not put in any unfortunate positions by any means necessary. And so that was also something that stood out to me in terms of what he said. Um, I love a guy that used a little vulgarity here and there, use a couple cuss words. That, that's always going to be good with me. To me, that is a sign of authenticity. Now, y'all might disagree with me. That's fine. But I always believe that dudes that are passionate or, you know, people, dudes, women, whatever, whoever, that are passionate about what they're saying and, and sprinkle a little cuss word in there every now and again means that they are authentic about what it is that they're talking about. So I ain't even, I don't even know how true that is. That's just how I feel about that, Cordell. <laughs> so I appreciated, you know, the couple times that he used some S-bombs or whatever. But uh, ultimately, I thought that he did say all of the right things. And yes, and like you said, this is this is February. They're supposed to say the right things, right? I mean, wh what coordinator was supposed to say the wrong things? He knew exactly right. what he was supposed to say, when he was supposed to say it. Uh, that being said, it still felt very authentic. It still felt like he meant exactly what he said. And then when you look at what Georgia has going on and what they were doing in their last two national championships, I feel like it backs up everything that he had said in the press conference. No, I, I totally agree. He's a guy that you could tell loves football. He's a guy that you could tell is understands the game. He's a, he's smart, you know, um, and and he knows what he wants. He knows what he wants his offense to look like. Uh, and he understood. I mean, one of the things that he said after the press conference, uh, when he, you know, when we were just talking to him as the media introducing ourselves and stuff, like they've got a great kicker, but he doesn't want to have Justin Tucker out there kicking field goals. And, you know, that's something that I think after this past season really resonated with me because I, I think at a certain point, this Ravens offense was looking like they were playing for field goals at times. And, yeah, they were. You know, because they were. That's think, why. Yeah, basically, they pretty much were. Um, so I, I think that you're going to get a different looking Ravens offense this year. I think that we're going to see these guys. Number one, spacing is a is a big thing. When you have the skill players that the Ravens have in Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, even Isaiah Likely and Duvernay as well. I mean, you've got guys that can all make plays in the open field. And I think it makes sense to spread the field out as best as you can to make sure that these guys have the space they need to maneuver, to take advantage of their matchups. And mm -hmm. just so many times you watch the Ravens the last couple of years, you just, it was just cluttered. It looked like they were only focusing on certain areas of the field. Mm -hmm. And now the hope is that the entire field will be opened up. And I truly believe right now, at least, that if Lamar is on this roster um, next year, I, I think this Ravens offense could be one of the best that we've seen in a while, just because A, it'll be new. And when yeah. you've got an explosive player like Lamar at quarterback, I, I think it, we saw it year one with Greg Roman. You know, he Lamar is so unique that if you don't if, if you're coming with a, a game plan that a that is good but b is also kind of fresh yeah it, it makes him just that much more tougher I, I think to try to stop um and so I, I think that this offense 
as a whole is was really disappointed with the way that 2022 went for them. Um, and I, I think everybody with this Tom Munkin hire is going to be a little more rejuvenated. I think some guys may feel like they may not have been used properly in the past, and maybe now they'll get opportunities to really showcase um, what they can do. But I'm really excited about the up-tempo uh, because I've been saying for a while the Ravens have, are one of the fast, should always be the fastest offense on the field. I mean, mm-hmm. they have the fastest back in the league. I think the Ravens should be the fastest offense uh, no matter what team they play against. Uh, but uh, the, between the up-tempo and the spacing and the pass game, and even in the run game as well, um, I, I'm I'm really excited for what I for what Todd Munkin can do for this offense that has struggled, I think, the last couple of years. Absolutely. We're going to continue this Todd Munkin talk in our next segment. Um, we, we're going to talk about, you know, what he said about Lamar, um, what he said about how he utilizes his players, um, and, and continue to talk about all of the things that, that he said that we liked, disliked, whatever, which is very hard to say dislike, right? Because, you know, like you said, everybody has the, all the good things to say uh, when when it's time to speak to the public. But we'll continue this conversation in our next segment, uh, more Todd Munkin talk here on Winning Drive. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Before we get to our next segment, make sure you're listening to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there is a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. Okay, Cordell. So, you know, Monkin had said some things that, you know, some of the things I don't think we really thought was out of, you know, anything out of character, right? When asked about um, Lamar, he kind of lobbed that to to count on um, DaCosta and Harbaugh regarding this the contract situation and he admitted that you know obviously um when you have an interest in a team you do look at the roster and 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 that is something that you're concerned about however this organization to him he respects it so much and he finds it so structurally sound he believes that you know they're going to be good he also said that he felt like lamar jackson was elite and when asked about, you know, if, if, if getting Lamar up to speed in regards to like him not being there because of the contract situation, 
This is what he said. I'm sure he'll be behind, but um, it's still just football. I mean, I think sometimes we make this out to be way too much. I mean, it's just football. It's been playing. I don't know when he started, maybe at five years old with the Purple Pounders or something in Miami or something. We'll cater to what he knows and play. But, I mean, it's like any player. You know, if any, any, any player is like that, you know, to where they'd be. The more time you spend with them, the more comfortable they get with any system. That's, there's a big part of that relationship from a quarterback, coordinator, play caller, position coach where they're comfortable and there's a trust that is a big part of that, and that's built over time. So I agree with him, Cordell. Listen, I don't think football is hard as everybody wants it to be. It's not rocket science, okay? It really is a simple sport that humans make hard, (laughs) if you will. It doesn't require, you know, uh, a whole lot of geometry, a whole lot. It, It really requires talent. And then it requires you to know how to play chess a little bit better than someone, than your opponent, right? And so Lamar, you know, is an elite talent, as he said. And, and, and he also said, you know, there's a lot of narratives that have been put out there about Lamar and that he believes is not true, you know, in terms of him being a passer and all of those other things. And so, you know, I don't think that Lamar will have an issue being caught up if he's still on the team um, come September, if there, if this whole situation with the franchise tag draws out. I completely agree with him. It, it's not hard. And if Lamar wanted to study the stuff, I'm sure he can go back and look at what Georgia was doing and figure out how they were running things and come up to speed with that. It probably won't take that long because he is a gifted athlete. He is a gifted talent and he is a very good quarterback. So I agreed with Munkin in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I don't really know how to take it to be honest, um, because we don't I don't I don't really know what Monken's style is going to be, you, you know, with this Ravens team. It, the I think the troubling thing will be that Monken, if Lamar is on this roster, he's going to probably build this roster around Lamar Jack. I mean, build this offensive scheme around Lamar. Um, so it'll be. Per, a lot of the reads and things like that will be pertinent to what to what will be triggered to what Lamar sees, to what Lamar likes to do. And I just think it'll be a little bit of a challenge just because he doesn't know what Lamar likes to do right now. He, he doesn't know where, I mean, sure, he knows Lamar likes to throw the ball to Mark Andrews, but he doesn't know what routes are Lamar's favorite, where, you know, where Lamar feels comfortable area-wise throwing the football. He could look at film and see where he's throwing the ball the most, but that's a different scheme in the past. I, I, I think it'll be something there if Lamar does miss time in training camp or misses the entirety of training camp and shows up a week or two before the season starts. There'll be a little bit of a drop-off because they won't be able to really open the playbook up week one at least the way that they would if Lamar had been there for the entire time. That said, I do agree with him in the sense of, like you said, him saying football isn't hard. I think the good thing about Munkin is that he's going to do, like I said earlier, he's going to do a good job of simplifying the game for them. So even if Lamar jumps on late, I think some of his reads will be pretty easy for him. I I think that's going to be the challenge. Can he make the game easy for Lamar again? 2019, Lamar, every read was easy for him. It was effortless. He, I mean, he led the league in touchdowns. He was uber efficient. 
and nothing really looked like a super challenge for him in the past game during the regular season. But since then, it's been difficult. You know, he has troubles uh, sometimes identifying coverages now. So I, I do think it'll be a little bit of give and take there. But, uh, you know, like Monk has said, Lamar has been playing football for a very long time. Football is football. I do agree with that. Uh, but just in terms of what are his keys, what are his reads in certain situations, that'll be, I think, the one thing that he's is going to take some time for him to get up to speed with. Now, if they bring in a new wide receiver, that'll impact it as well, you know, because he wouldn't be able to get in that that timing with 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 a with a receiver that he's never played with before we saw how much that has impacted he and Bateman who have been together for 2 years now and still haven't really been able to be on the 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 game field or the practice field long enough to really have that Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams type of chemistry you know what i'm saying so i think i think it'll be an adjustment but i'm not going to sit here and say that i think it'll be so big of a uh, a problem that it could derail their season. I think it'll take some time for Lamar to get caught up to speed. And Tom Monk can acknowledge that as well, um, because it's new. But right. At the same time, I don't. I don't think is is you know like he's taking the SATs all over again. Exactly. I, I don't think you know. Said it, we we have to take it to that point. But you know, it's a challenge that the Ravens don't want to have. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Uh, to where we're talking about Lamar missing the entirety of training camp, but you really never know right now. One of the other things that Munkin said that um, I found to be interesting was um, how he utilizes his players. And and um, Cordell, you were one of the people that asked about, you know, the tight end situation, because as we know, Georgia has two really good tight ends. And you asked about Isaiah Likely potentials, uh, his his potential impact in this new offense. Um, and this is what he had to say about that. Players dictate style of play. They do. Players around the quarterback dictate a style of play. There's no way around it. When I was at Tampa, we had really good receivers. We had Deshaun, we had Mike Evans, we had Chris Godwin, we had Adam Humphreys, and we had O.J. Howard, and we had Cam Brate, and we had quarterbacks that loved to throw it sometimes to the other team, but they liked to throw it. But the reality is we were much better throwing it. So that's what you, right? That's where you play to the strengths of who you have, right? We had to be good throwing it. So I felt like he said a, thing, a lot of things that, you know, really says a lot about how you utilize talent too many times Cordell we argued about Greg Roman not really utilizing the players that they had consistently enough we would see a Devin DuVernay he would have a good game and then he would disappear off the face of the earth and we couldn't understand why and so it sounds to me like Munkin doesn't by that logic at all he's going to put his best players on the field that that will run his offense in the best way against the defense that they're playing against so you do have to feel confident about that now look obviously we don't know what the wide receiver situation is going to be because there's free agency there's potential cuts potential trades so if the ravens find a way to upgrade their wide receiver position then maybe isaiah likely doesn't see as much time however if they don't if they get a guy like i don't know like a dj chark i'm using as an example right um somebody of a, of a lower to mid-tier value you might see more isaiah likely and, and that's and that's the part that i think that i really needed to hear use the guys that you have 
Don't get cute and try to do this, that, and the third. If this guy can help you advance, whether it's getting the first down, whether it's, you know, getting the – because, look, I'll, I'll consider getting a, a PI or holding penalty an advantage as well, getting the touchdowns, then that's who you need to be having on the field. And if it just so happens that Isaiah likely is that guy alongside Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, then so be it. We need to see more of that. So that was refreshing for me because I really felt like with Greg Roman's offense, we did not get enough of seeing the, the guys, particularly when they were having good games, consistently be put in, in action further down the road. Yeah, and, he, and Tom Munkin also talked about just the type of matchup problems that Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely present, just those two in a tandem. And for the life of me, I just never understood how Greg Roman would not be able to take advantage of those two guys lining up next to each other, those two guys running routes in the middle of the field. Like, they are matchup nightmares, the two of them. You're going to get a one-on-one -on -one situation uh, somewhere, and I trust both of those guys, to be honest with you, in one-on-one -on -one situations. So um, I, I do expect Todd Munkin to get more out of these guys than what Greg Roman was getting. Um, I do expect him to kind of go with the hot hand. And he talked about getting his best players the ball, and Georgia happened to be his tight ends. Baltimore is still kind of the same situation. You exactly. Know, Mark Andrews is still the best, the best player uh, on that offense in terms of receiver-wise. So um, I, I would still expect Mark Andrews to get a ton of targets. He raved about him and how good he was and even told a story about Mark Andrews when he saw him at 16 and he was a receiver at the time but he understands how unique today's tight ends are he understands uh that a lot of these tight ends like mark andrews he mentioned george kittle as well used to be wide receivers growing up and, and i mean I, I'm, I don't say that to for it to be a slight at greg roman because if there's anything greg roman could do he could find why he could find tight ends uh to help in the pass game so i, I don't want to take that away from him but i, I feel like at least with monk and hopefully with Munkin, um, it won't be a situation to where it's tight in or die, right? To where we're locking in on Mark Andrews every single play and everybody else is going to have to get the scraps that are left over. Sure, this wide receiver unit is not very good, especially when you compare them to the rest of the teams around the NFL, but you could get a guy like Rashad Bateman involved. You could definitely get Devin Duvernay involved because he yep. allows you to use him in so many different ways. The running backs, will be able to finally get the running backs involved in the passing game as well. So I, I do expect this Ravens offense to look really brand spanking new. Like, I, I really want to see how much they do use of Greg Roman's run run game. Um, but I think with the mix of Todd Munkin's passing style and some of his concepts, it'll make it feel like a new offense. It's going it's, You're going to see Ravens, uh, a Ravens offense that's doing things that we haven't seen them do in the past, moving faster to the line of scrimmage, whether that's breaking the huddle quicker or simply going no huddle in general. Um, I think you're going to see guys uh, all over the field. You, you know, it's not just going to be, okay, let's just flood the middle of the field and let Lamar pick who he wants to throw the ball to. Or let's just have, you know, uh, a crossing route for Mark Andrews and another crossing route, a deep crosser for the receiver on the opposite side and let Lamar pick where he wants to go. Like it was a lot of basic pass concepts uh, that you, that, that we've been seeing from this Ravens offense. So I, 
out of those besides those i really want to see a bigger emphasis on the scramble drill as well i've been begging for that uh for the ravens to make that more of an emphasis um and we haven't seen that be the case over the last couple of years as good as lamar is at getting out the pocket and extending plays the ravens should have so many big plays to their name because lamar is such a threat once he gets out of the pocket as soon as he gets out the pocket the entire defense is looking at him. They're, they're all expecting Lamar to run. Um, so it's going to take a, some of Lamar's mentality to change in terms of not only just uh, throwing the ball when he breaks out of the pocket, but also hitting some of his check down guys. These are things that he doesn't typically do on the regular. If Lamar's breaking the pocket, he's looking to take off. Um, but now I want to see if Munkin can kind of get Lamar to understand that your arm can be just as you know just as much of a threat as your legs and if you allow it to be so i think his with the more teams have to respect his arm it'll allow his legs to be just that much better and vice versa you know but munkin talked he raved about lamar and how he thinks he's underrated as a player and as a passer and um i i think we all kind of believe that as well but i, I think we all want to see certain things certain questions answered with Lamar that we haven't been able to, we haven't gotten those questions answered with Roman. And I think we're hoping that Munkin can, can kind of open Lamar up enough to get some of these questions answered. Hey Amen. And again, if I, if he can make water out of, uh, uh, into wine, like he did Stetson Bennett, I have no, no yeah. issues with believing that he can make water into what? What y'all be drinking? That 1942 tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it, it's a night. It's a night if I'm on tequila. I'm going to just say that right just, now. You know so, so I have, I have no, I, there's no doubt in my mind he can do it. And you mentioned the, um, the, you know, if he would keep some of the past, I mean, the, the run concepts. And I think that he would. He, he was very complimentary, I felt like, at times uh, uh, in terms of Greg Roman. He even said at one point, well, I don't know what y'all want me for, you know, because you do this so well. Yeah, but that's the problem. We do this so well and then everything else kind of right. needs some work. And, and and you know, and I know, and everybody that, that listens to this podcast knows that I have always had an issue with Greg Roman's play calling. That has been more so my issue than any concept he could come up with. So that is my concern. You want somebody that knows how to call the plays in terms of the situations that they're in. And if Munkin can do that, in addition to adding some good pass concepts, I think that this offense is going to be very, very scary if Lamar Jackson is the quarterback for the Ravens for 2023. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, you have to feel good about it. Um I mean, he said all the right things. He did. You know, I, I I thought he talked a good game. Me too. Uh, you, you know, if like I said, if the offense can turn out to be as good as his quotes were in this presser, then the Ravens have got something. But obviously, Lamar is going to be a big part of that. Absolutely. Um, is Lamar going to be there? And if it's not going to be Lamar, then who? You know, whoever it is, uh, Ken Munkin be able to still take this because he's got a job to do whether Lamar Jackson shows up or not, whether Lamar's Absolutely. on this team or not. He's got a job to do. I I don't think that the Ravens are going to cut him any slack if the if if Lamar doesn't show up. Now maybe this year, but in the long run, he I, I don't you know he I think he's here. He he plans to be in Baltimore for a while. Um 
they need to whoever's going to be the quarterback. I, I, I think this Ravens offense has to be better than it's been. Absolutely. So lots to be excited for. I mean, there's still some question marks, big major question marks to, to worry about. But in terms of what we think that this offense can be uh, with the right players, that we believe that, you know, Monk has said all the right things. So I'm excited to see how this goes um, in the regular season. And hopefully he can get a couple more guys in free agency. He said some good things about Odell Beckham Jr., by the way. He did. Uh, as, as a quick footnote. I mean, I know that y'all like, oh, he's older. He's had knee injuries. I get it. Uh, but when you look at the free agency uh, wide receiving core, he clearly will be at the top of the list. And I'm talking about guys that's not being cut or traded, specifically mm -hmm. guys that are free agents. He'd be at the top of the list. That's all I'm saying. He would. I can't even. I can't even debate that he would. <laughs> Regardless of everything that he's going, that he got going on, he would still be the top guy in free agency for you to look at. So we'll see. I mean, you know, might be wishful thinking, but I'm just putting it out there in the universe in case something goes down. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, hit that subscribe button so that every time there's a new episode talking about your Baltimore Ravens, you will be the first to know. So to continue our position breakdown series, uh, we are going to the cornerback position. Now, I know you're saying secondary. Why not all the secondary? Well, because you got cornerbacks, you got safeties, you know. Uh, and the cornerback position is interesting, Cordell, because you got Marlon Humphrey, who I believe played like a top five cornerback in the National Football League this past season. Um, and then after that, everything else is like a blur. You know, um, if you and I had to guess, Marcus Peters, I mean, it's very possible he could come back, but I would have to assume that it's at a much lesser, you know, amount. Uh, but Marcus Peters is a free agent. Uh, I believe Anthony Averett is a free agent. Uh, and then you have young DBs like a Pepe Williams and Jayla Arma Davis who um, either were dealing with injury or struggled um, at times. So you got one stud and then everybody else is basically a big question mark in terms of um, how they play, in terms of depth for this team, it does really feel like that this is one of the things, and, and I truly believe this is one of the top three things, and, and it ain't number three, that the Ravens need to address in the draft is the cornerback situation. They clearly mm -hmm. have a, a void that they need to fill here, and they have to find somebody opposite 
of Marlon Humphrey. Definitely. Uh, Like you said, this is going to be one of their key needs going into the draft. And I would imagine that this is going to be a candidate for the pick that they use at that with their 22nd pick in the first round. So um, depending on who's there, best available is usually how they go in the first round, which you're supposed to do in the first round. But that may just have to be corner for the Ravens. Marlon's there. And like you said, is not a lot after that. I, 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 I'm starting to think that Marcus Peters, not even starting to think, but I don't, I don't really think Peters will be back just because they're going to be strapped for money already, especially if it's looking like Lamar's trending towards that franchise tag, which it looks like it is. It's, it's really going to um, make it tough for the Ravens to address all the needs that they have with money. You know, um, the, you, you can't sign a top, you can't sign a top, a, a free agent receiver and a free agent cornerback that'll both be able to, I think, help this team the way that they need them to with the way that their cap is going to be con- uh, currently constructed, If uh, assuming Lamar is on the franchise tag. So I don't think Peters is going to take the, the money that they're going to say that they have to pay him. I think Peters probably warrants more. I mean, cornerback is still a high-profile position in the NFL, and Peters is still a name, if nothing else. Um, so I, I think – I'm not saying he's going to get top cornerback money, top market money by any means, but he's going to get paid, I think. I think somebody will pay you. Do you Peters. really believe that after what you saw last I, year? I, I think they would. I honestly think they would. I, I don't think that they'd pay, like I said, like top dollar for him, but I think that they'll pay more than what Baltimore is probably willing to oh, pay Marcus okay. Peters right now. Um, so I, I I just don't think he's in a situation to where he is necessarily pressed to to pay for below what he feels like his market value is right now. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but this just didn't seem like the Marcus Peters, not even just the guy on the field, just Peters in general. He just didn't have that same feel that I've seen him have in Baltimore since he's been here. I could be wrong. No, um, I mean, but, look, he, he suffered a knee injury, right? And and sometimes right. knee injuries are more than one year of a recovery period, sure. right? Like, it's very possible that he just wasn't completely himself and maybe a full off season of, you know, being able to train and work out really could help him get back to the form that he, he was in. But now he's another year older, right? So. Right. There's that part, too. You know what I mean? I mean, I would really hope for Marcus Peters' sake because I I, I like Marcus Peters. I think that he um, – I love his personality. I know it's a little – it's an acquired taste for many, but I like I like my cornerback. I like it, too. I like I like nastiness, okay, for mm-hmm. my cornerbacks. So, you know, I, I hope for him in terms of, like you saying, like him getting paid. I hope that he does come back to, to at least somewhat close to the form that he used to have. But, you know, as of right now, that's such a big question mark because he he was so inconsistent and at times struggling and got burnt, you know, a couple times there. So I, I hope that you're right, that he can find his mojo back. No, nah, for sure. And I, I don't I don't think anybody's going to pay him to be their number one corner. Right, of course. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know how much the Ravens truly want Marcus Peters back. To be honest with you, I, I don't. I, I, I mean, yeah, he's a, like you said, a, a, I think it's going to take more than just one year to recover from the knee injury that cost him a whole season and then some because he started this season late. He didn't, yes. you know, he didn't start the, start the season from week one. Um, but even still, 
you I just don't think that I don't know. I, I just the vibe, the chemistry between Peters and the team or the coaches that it just didn't seem like the way it used to feel to me. Um, and I feel like some of the things that people appreciated Marcus Peters for having, uh, even in terms of his personality and things like that, just didn't necessarily have the impact on the team the way that they have in the past. I, I just, and, and now the, the flip side to that is, sure, could he say he wants to come back another year since Calais is coming back? And, you know, uh, you, the defense looks like they're in good shape going into next year for the most part, obviously outside of cornerback. Um, so he may feel like, you know, yeah, maybe I'll take less to to make sure that that I don't create that hole for the defense so that maybe if I am here and I'm another year removed from that injury, I'm closer to myself. Maybe this defense will be potent enough to where if the offense picks it up, now as a team, you're working with something. So who knows? I, I, I don't know right now, but I, I just I, a hunch is just telling me that if Peters is offered, I, I think number one, a team will offer him more than what the Ravens will offer him. I, I just feel like he's going to go there. But even besides that, even if Peters is, remains in Baltimore, I don't think it solves their cornerback problem. Right. Um, I you, agree. It'll, you, you can hope it does. You know, you, you hope that Peters will be better than he was this past season. But, you know, I think that even still, how good can Marcus Peters be at this stage of his uh, career? So I, I don't know. I do think that they're going to have to address cornerback in the draft. Um, they're going to have to get somebody. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do with that nickel spot because assuming Chuck Clark leaves, Kyle Hamilton probably moves to a, a, a natural safety spot now. He's right. not going to be your nickel corner next year. Um, do you trust Pepe Williams to play that spot? Is Jalen Armour Davis going to be healthy enough to where you can actually depend on him? And not only healthy enough, but is he going to be good enough? I mean, he got roasted in that that Patriots game. And really, I feel like that was almost the last time we saw him. Yeah, you know? it was. So, so I mean, I, I think they have question mark. And Brandon Stevens is there. Brandon Stevens, I think. Yes. There, there are things about Brandon Stevens I think that we all like. Um, yes. I don't know if I trust Brandon Stevens enough to be my number two corner. I, I do don't not. Think, I'm going to tell you that now. I yeah, do not. I, 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 don't, I don't trust him enough to be my number two corner. I don't think he fits well in the slot. I don't think he's quick enough to play uh, nickel corner. Um, but he's got the size for an outside corner. But yet yep. I don't think he's good enough to be, you know, that guy. I don't think he tracks the ball good well enough while it's in the air. I don't think he – plays the ball good enough he's there in coverage but you know he doesn't stop the receiver from catching the ball he's there to make the tackle but he doesn't get many pass deflections or any interceptions and things like that so they do have big question marks in terms of corner what but about the good Worley? thing about it oh well Worley I like but he's another veteran guy I mean how how long how, at some point I think it it, it comes the, the age is going to start to play a factor. I thought Worley played really good against Cincinnati late in he the did. season. Yep. Um, I like Daryl Worley even going back to his days at Carolina. Um, uh, but again, this is it's like I I don't know if you can sustain with with your mo for the most part of your defense being that old. You know, I I I don't know. I just think that's a tricky tricky game to play right there. And Worley hasn't had a lot of in-game experience over the last 
couple of years. He's kind of been just, you know, elevated on practice squads here and there. He's he's thrown in when teams are uh, just so banged up at the cornerback position, but he hasn't necessarily been relied on to be a you know a top three corner on a on a team consistently in a while. So how much do they do they trust him? I, I, it's still it's still another question mark at best. Uh, Daryl Worley is they don't have any sure sure things at the cornerback positions besides Marcus Mar- Marlon Humphrey right now. Um, and like I said, that the good thing is that cornerback is a position that the Ravens value. It's a, it's sure a position do. that they take serious. So I, I do expect them to address it just a matter of how. I agree. I mean, like you said, that is something that is very important to them. They believe that defending is is, is a big deal. So you know that they're going to address it. You know it. Like, it, they, that is not going to go unturned. Yeah. It is. And I'm starting and to. And it has to be. It has right. to be. When you play in this division, you got Cincinnati Absolutely. twice a year. I mean, Pittsburgh, sure, they're not, the, they're not airing it out all over the place, but. I mean, they got some receivers that that you have to respect. And I think the same with Cleveland. Deshaun Watson will be another year in now. He'll be able to have a legit offseason, a legit yeah. a, a more normal type of season. I don't expect him to look as bad as he looked this past year. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I think that they they have to take the cornerback position serious simply because of, you know, what the what their division looks like. There's no doubt in my mind that they won't. Uh, I mean, you know, they they would. That mean that they will. They they definitely will. I definitely think that um, that's coming. And I'm starting to see a couple of mock drafts come out where they, you know, mm-hmm. people are picking the Ravens to pick a cornerback in the first round. So, yeah. you know, we know it's going to happen. But like you said, it's only a matter of time and uh, us knowing in which way is it is it free agency is a draft. We're going to find out. But sooner or later, we'll know that the Ravens because that's what they love. They love a cornerback. So we'll see who they pick. And and where they go, uh, how how about they? Uh, how, I can't get that out. How they go about it, um, <laughs> so that you know they can fulfill that that void that they're going to have with Peter's potential departure. So we'll see where that is. We want to thank you all for listening. We'll be back on Friday. Um, we'll be talking safeties as our positional next group, uh, and and more Ravens news, of course, as it comes along. Um, it, it is. Franchise tag period has started, Cordell, and obviously mm-hmm. the Ravens have been quiet, and I expect that to be the thing until the very last minute. Um, I expect them to not make a move and do anything at the moment when it comes to the franchise situation. But, you know, we'll see what changes between now and Friday, and we'll talk more about it then. So we'll find out uh, in a few days if uh, Lamar is tagged or if another day goes by and we're just seeing, you know, playing Waiting the way. Waiting game. It would it, it would behoove both sides to get a deal. I think everybody's caught up in the franchise tag, and rightfully so because it's yeah. most likely the you know what's going to happen. But uh, they they should try to get a deal done uh, simply because if if they do get a deal done, it'll allow them to address some of the other holes that they have on this team. That yep. that franchise tag is going to handcuff them, and we could be looking at you know uh, uh, the twenty twenty two Ravens in 2023 because they may not have much money to really add on to this roster outside of the draft. Completely agree. So we'll see how that goes uh, and if anything changes between now and Friday's show. Um, But thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Winning Drive.